0: W-T-B-Q. I'm gonna make this place your home.
1: good morning and welcome to the real real estate show I'm your host Christine Koenig hosting today with Grace Warren from Howard Hannah Rand Realty how are you doing today Grace oh I'm doing just great <laughs> been a crazy morning. I usually is. It always is. It always is. It's 10am. And I feel like I feel like it's two in the afternoon. (laughs) I always, I always have sleep problems a little bit the night before the radio show, because I'm like, Oh, I got to talk for an hour. What are we going to talk about? I know. I do the same thing.
2: And then I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, Okay, okay, what are we gonna talk about? So uh, uh, it's been a it's been an interesting week, weeks. I haven't been on here for a couple of weeks, because I was away. Yep. How was how was your time away? Um, It it was great. It was, it was really very nice. We, um, I don't go away very often. Yeah. So uh, for us to, to go cross country was a big deal Mm -hmm. and California was really warm. So I was very appreciative of that. Lovely. It was, you know, where we were, we were in the San Francisco Bay area and then we, you know, moved up North to um, Sonoma Mm -hmm. where my, my brother currently lives. And, uh, the weather—it w- was in the 60s. One day it was 72 degrees, and that is really warm for that time of year in that area. So right. we just really, really
1: enjoyed the 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 crap out of it. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I well, think I could say that on air. I will, I will say, uh, you know, we always ask this question when people travel, which is,
2: "What's the market like?" Oh out my there? god, that is such a great question, Chris- Christine. It is—it's nuts because, you know we forget about San Francisco because right. everybody knows that that's crazy there's people living in tents because they can't afford well, some of them live in tents because they can't afford some just decide they want to live in tents right. which we did see while we were there and i you know on the way through San Francisco uh, when we were going home we had my mother with us mm-hmm. because she was with my brother so we took her home and i was sort of joking like oh look people are camping in the streets <laughs> <laughs> And my mom's like, really, they camp here? And I'm like, yeah, they're camping for sure. And my husband- Long-term, long long-term camping. Joe is noting, he's like, those are some pretty nice tents they have. Like that, they are expensive tents. I'm like, we're in San Francisco. If they're pulling these out of the garbage, they're getting like people's throwaway tents that are really nice right. tents. I don't know. I don't know where they're getting them from. But we stayed in a town um called Petaluma, mm-hmm. which was at one time the chicken capital of California. Interesting. Yeah. And there, it's very rural around it. And keep in mind there's um vineyards everywhere too. And there's there's farms and there's vineyards and uh you know, it's wine country over there. But a very modest home mm-hmm. is like Seven hundred and fifty thousand plus. You can't get anything for less than that there, and it's it's a great little town, nice downtown. Um, But seven hundred, we're talking about a two bedroom like bungalow style house. A lot of the homes there are bungalow styles, right? And and there's some like old Victorian style too. But it was, I I couldn't believe the prices.
1: It's you know I had a friend who grew up um, you know here in New York, upstate and moved to california i don't know a few years after college and you know got married has kids bought a house and when he bought the house it was i don't know six or seven years ago so the market was recovered um but not in any sort of way like what we're doing right now Um, and he bought a two-bedroom over six hundred thousand dollars and i just looked at him and i'm like what Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, he goes, and I have to, like, knock half it down to make it large enough for the family. Yeah. So, you know, he, he bought a starter home at over 600 then had to put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this, this build-out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can still sell the house at a profit. Yeah, it's, it's
2: crazy. Um, my brother, too, lived in uh, San Diego before, and— um he bought a house for just about $600,000 and had to do a lot of work to it. And part of the reason why he bought the house was because of the land around it. It had a larger than usual lot. Yep. But he did a ton of work to it, and then he ended up moving to Petaluma. He didn't sell the house. He's renting it out because the rental market's nuts over there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his realtor told him now that his house is worth well over $900,000. So, you know... He's like, should I sell it? I'm like, I don't know. Take the equity out because you're going to need money to buy a house. <laughs> and, I mean, he makes a very good salary and it's just really a struggle to. I mean, he's mm-hmm. renting a, a house right now. It's so, um, I mean, it needs a, the house, I think, needs work, but, you know, and, and he's paying a couple thousand dollars for it. Yeah. But it, that's just the way it is over there. And I, you know, it's even more expensive in that area because it's close to San Francisco than it is in san diego wow you know it's commuting you could commute there a lot of people probably do just right over the golden gate bridge which by the way was incredible to see that oh yeah yeah i don't know if you've ever been to san francisco but that was my
1: only briefly that was my favorite um,
2: part seeing that bridge
1: i got uh i I had a long layover once on a flight to new zealand and so um it was like an eight-hour layover so we went out and uh I took a quick little tour. Went down by the harbor just to experience what that was like. Sure, but by the time I got down there, I had to turn around and go back to the airport because you know how long
2: it takes to get through. Yeah, and And, you know we uh, we rented a car to drive from San Francisco to Petaluma. But while we were we stayed in San Francisco, we um, we were you know taking cabs Uh, we could not figure out the bus like we're like not city people at all we just couldn't figure out the bus and we were standing there by the bus stop and a cab pulled up to us and he's like do you guys want to ride and we're like uh yeah we're getting there we're gonna take a ride so there were cabs all over the place it was it was pretty easy it didn't you know i guess there are parts of town that you they told us to stay away from the tenderloin district
1: (laughs) i'm I'm sad for that district to even have to live with that name (laughs) that's
2: probably the problem
1: right they need to rebrand right
2: Yeah. So um, we, we went around to a lot of different places and it was fine seeing the trolley cars and then those electric, um, those electric cars. It was, it was cool. So, but I'm back nice, and getting back to work and it's, you know, today I'm headed to, um, where did I say it was called Highland Mills. That's where I'm headed to later on this afternoon to show a house over there.
1: Well, I am uh, my afternoon. I'm showing a rental. Um, that's the one that Mike and I just finished working on, so it's okay. on the market. Anyone looking for a three bedroom rental in Warwick School District? Um, go on, go online. It's I'm surprised. When did you put it on? I'm surprised it isn't oh, even rented yet. <laughs> yeah. So we had a good application, but uh, you know, kind of like sometimes when people do housing, they put applications in at multiple houses because yeah. it's so tight. So. Um they ended up accepting a different offer before I had a chance to do my you know due diligence with the background check and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, that being said, we the search continues. so um, the other thing I want to state is that it's award season. I'm sure if oh, any yeah, of you have have Facebook and friends that are real estate agents, you will see in the stream somewhere, um, you know, that uh, there is a lot of, industry acknowledgement at the end of uh, end of the year especially after a year like we had last year yes um so we just had our gala event
2: we did uh, which i was not able to attend but i'm
1: you were there in spirit i was there in spirit that's right um, and normally we have like a big i mean gala like at a place with a DJ and dinner and uh, all of the stuff. But, um, you know. Everyone gets dressed up. Correct. With, co- with COVID, we kind of rein that in. And so some offices had watch parties.
2: This was better than last year. Yes. Last year, we were all home. Yes, having at our, our, our dining own room wa- tables. Yeah. Ha- uh, having our own watch party. Right? It's baby
1: steps. Baby <laughs> steps. So, um, anyway, I did want to say that, um, you know, for, for Rand, I guess we have something like 12 or 1,400 agents now. Um, and that includes people newly licensed uh, people just you know switching companies and then you know our tried and true veterans um so for company-wide you know the awards are um you know based on dollar value and sales but um i will say that we had 141 silver awards company-wide 73 gold awards 64 Platinum Awards, and 55 Emerald Awards. That's a lot of it's Emerald Awards. a lot of awards. Emerald Awards. Um, we had eight new legends, which if you are an Emerald Award winner for four years, you become a legend because mm-hmm. it's such a difficult, um, you know, difficult thing to attain multiple times. I mean, it's hard to attain it the first time, like, like a Michelin star, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I thought that was just uh, very telling for what kind of a year that we had. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to everybody um in real estate and congratulations grand to you congratulations. Christine, you were an award winner. Uh so were you. So yes. congratulations, congratulations.
2: Yes, it was it's uh, it's always an honor to to know that you've helped in uh, you know people to find their homes and you know then you're rewarded for it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we all know how Honored hard for it. Yeah, we all know how hard the yeah. year was. So Um, We're going to get ready to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to touch base kind of on a a number of different buyer, seller and finance, um, I guess, topics um, that are appropriate for today. We got some fun articles and we're going to go through all those. Right, We'll be right back.
2: This is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Howard Hanna Rand Realty for more than 20 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well. And whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together.
0: O'Keefe and McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe and McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail. Their dedication to a smooth closing and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi,
1: this is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Right now is a great time to buy or sell buyers can take advantage of historically low interest rates and sellers can get top dollar for their home in this high demand market. Our agents utilize the most innovative tools and market knowledge to help you achieve your real estate goals. Give us a call at 845-986-4848. At Howard Hanna Rand Realty, home happens
0: here. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards and I invite you to join me every Sunday night when we'll showcase a perfect album I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia, too, right here on Radio Worth Listening To.
2: Hi, this is Taylor. Have your second cup of coffee with me every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Learn the latest in news, gossip, health, entertainment, and, of course, all about animals. Radio Worth Listening To.
0: WTVQ I'm gonna make this place
1: your
2: Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Grace Warren
1: from Howard Hanna Rand Realty. And I'm here with Christine Koenig, Howard Hanna Rand Realty, licensed in New York and New Jersey. It's It's snowing out. Is it again? I can see the snow falling from the window over here. This morning when, uh, when I got in the car with my son, he looked outside, he goes, now it snows. I'm like, well, you're still going to school. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so everybody listening, I fell this morning. This is why I'm acting so weird.
1: You're not acting weird. <laughs> Are you just feeling weird? I'm feeling weird. We're but gonna, anyway, it's, it's, it icy, but it's It is icy. But it's It's a reminder that it is really icy out there. Be careful. Yeah,
2: I was trying to keep my mother from falling, and I ended up falling. But
1: <sighs> Whatever. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit. Um, we kind of did like a, an article roundup of things uh things in the stuff. real estate uh news bubble these days um mm-hmm. and so we kind of talk through a couple of them um one of the the first one we're going to talk about um, has to do with um you know are we in a housing bubble i hear this a lot from buyers and i hear it a lot from sellers right from the buying end it's like you know we're in a bubble i'm i'm concerned about buying high and then you know who knows what's going to happen and from sellers vice versa i want to put my house on the market now so that um you know i can take advantage of the mm-hmm, bubble mm-hmm. so what's super interesting is um the name of this article from inman says sorry to burst your bubble but we're not in one
2: <laughs> so
1: let's <laughs> kind of dig into that there's so many distinctions
2: bit. um from when we had the last
1: um housing bubble That's things correct. that are different so um so um, as we're getting ready to kind of dig into that, we have a call. Um, hey, caller, uh, state your name and where you're calling from.
3: Hey, it's Mike. It's I'm at United. How are you guys doing? Hey, Mike.
2: <laughs> How are you?
3: How's things? Good. I haven't tuned into the show um, this morning, but I, I gather you're talking about, what, would I catch a bubble? Yes. Is there a uh, bubble we're, coming?
1: We're, no. The, are we in a bubble was yeah. the question, and uh, the housing experts are saying no. So we we're going to dig into why they were saying that. Um,
2: Before we start, though, Mike, I want to congratulate you because you were an award winner as well.
1: uh, Yes, we were just talking about the awards. Congratulations
2: on a great year.
3: Thank you. Wonderful year. You
0: too.
2: Thanks. Um, So, yeah, tell us what's going on in the mortgage world. We can skip what we're talking about. Push that off till later and tell us what's going on.
3: I mean, it's, you know, not really doom and gloom, although what you see in the news, that rates are going up. Oh, my God, Um, that's all they're talking about. I know it's all they're talking about, but really it's still historically low, you know, um, still under 4% for a 30-year fix. There's starting to introduce now, you know, those arms are coming back into the fold, you know, interest only, five-year fix, seven-year fix. You're starting to see investors start to roll those out again as a way to kind of, you know, keep interest rates attractive for people and, you know, statistically we know that people don't stay in their house for more than usually 7 years without either refinancing or selling or maybe upgrading. So really those fixed arms although they had this bad rap, you know, when the bubble burst years ago, they're really a lot better than they were. There's not that kind of creative financing that they were doing so many years ago. These are very much um, you know, good products that are offered. I haven't written one yet since they've started to be reintroduced, but you can see them starting to roll out on the rate sheets because they're still attractive rates in the twos versus when you're looking at a mortgage in close to four, you know, people may lean towards those.
2: Well, it can make their again. their their payment more affordable, especially if they're going to plan on only staying for a few years. Right. I mean, that's what the point of it is.
3: Yeah, that's essentially what it is. And you can look at statistics. It's really like I think I did the math or one of our um, one of the you know, people, we'll call them the experts that we trust, said 91% of people refinance or sell every five to seven years. So it's really, it does happen. I mean, I can talk to agents or not agents, clients that I have that call me two years, three years later and say I want to refi or Mike, I'm selling, I need help buying a new house. So it really does happen a lot. Mm-hmm. And you guys see it in your business, I'm sure. The person sure. you help buy their first house is calling you five years later to buy another one right Mm -hmm. yeah for
1: sure yeah i I put one of the uh part of our part of our plan today is to kind of go through some like uh recent articles kind of like a a roundup on what's going on in uh in in the real estate world today but one of them um talked specifically about the rates um and you know there was some estimates from freddie mac about um what they what they thought right so like q1 base rate and we all know the base rate right It doesn't mean that you're qualified for the very best rate you can get there but um you know looking at those numbers um q1 they're saying you know 3.4 3.5 q2 3.5 3.6 q3 3.6 3.7 and then q8 3.7 3.8 are you talking about quarter when you say q okay
2: correct just in case anybody didn't know that yes
1: so you know um in terms of how what is the prediction of you know some experts as to what what these increased rates look like um you know it it's not like we're bouncing up a half rate a half a half a point a quarter it's it's a it's a smaller but yet steady increase is that what you've been hearing mike
3: yeah i mean it has been steady what's really interesting is you know the fed has not raised rates but you know lenders and banks have just with what they see are, are projecting to happen. So, what's going to happen I think in March is if there's not a big increase or they kind of remain flat. I think there's going to be a little bit of a pullback because right now the rates that we're seeing it's that increase is already kind of baked in.
1: Yeah. Like
3: they're expecting it to come. So they've really kind of positioned themselves for it when it does happen, but in truth it there's no reason that it's gone up like the borrowing rates have not increased from the Fed, you know. But lenders are preparing for it. So we might see a little, depending on what happens in March, we may have a little tiny downtick, you know, um, because there's already margin built in. And like you're saying, like Fannie and Freddie are advertising rates, or they're saying 3.4 to 3.5. You forget, like, the banks have to make their margin on top of that. So that little bit in in between is really what the, the consumer sees. Fannie and Freddie may be purchasing those rates and paying that much for the loans on the secondary market, but there's still a little bit of margin on there for the banks to make.
1: Yeah. Um, and then just some historical thoughts, right, that I like to, to share. We we think about like the, the 70s and 80s as having, you know, really high interest rates. I know when uh, my parents bought our home in the you know mid 70s i think that their interest rate was close to 16%. Yeah,
2: my parents too, the same thing. Right. They bought a house in in the 70s. Right.
1: And, and th- you know they say that in the 80s um the average for that decade was 12.7%, um the 90s the decade average was 8.12%, um in the 2000s for that whole decade it was 6.27 and like that's when people really started buying again, right? We mm-hmm. had that big spike and then the 2010s we averaged around uh, 4%. And, you know, currently our average is, um, you know, in that 3, 3.5% three area. And it's been yeah, like that really for a,
3: a while. Perception. Right, it I is know, when perception. When I first started in this industry in the 2000s, we were selling 6%. And 6% was a great interest rate. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, that was what you were chasing. Oh, my goodness. When and, I got a 5.7%
1: you know, rate, I literally did a cartwheel. I'm like, <laughs> yes! Yeah.
3: We got spoiled so long with the 3 and, you know, 2 and 3 and four percent but uh it really is it's all perception and what you know I like to tell people it's what you can afford if you're not comfortable with the payment then it's not a mortgage for you if you're comfortable with the payment the interest rate doesn't really matter right as long Mm -hmm. as you as long as you're comfortable so they have to get it out of their head it's really a you know just a mindset and the fact that news travels so fast now and it's all doom and gloom but really the market's you know still busy there's such a shortage of inventory. I mean, it's still driving up prices. You guys see it, I'm sure, every day. Oh, yeah. we need listings. You need listings. I have buyers that need houses to buy. <laughs> so, well,
2: we can't sell anything if we don't have a listing to sell. I mean, right. that's that's our problem.
1: Correct. And that and that and that's yeah. really what's led to the increase in pricing, right? It is really a demand supply demand um, teeter totter that's driving. And up I think a lot that's also pricing. why we're
3: never going to have that bubble because the people getting into houses since the recession have really been smart about their finances. They didn't overextend themselves for the most part. They know what they're paying for each month. They can afford it. I don't think that we're going to see that burst, right. really, because we just have more educated buyers than ever out there. And, and I think we have
2: do- more like a scrupu- and scrupulous people doing mortgage right now, right? Like they- they're they're not screwing around like they were screwing around. Right.
3: Yeah. You need, you need to be licensed. We're vetted every year, background checks and credit reports. You know, if I have a collection on my credit, I can't get licensed. So it's not that gone are the days of, uh, you know, like just a guy coming in off the streets and selling loans. It's not like that anymore. There's very much, you know, we are vetted. We have to do continuing education just like yourselves and underwriting guidelines are super tight. You know, yeah. we, we know everything about these people, basically.
2: Mm-hmm. So, if you were to, if someone was to ask you what the difference is between the, that little rate jump, like you guys usually do it per what thousand dollars that you borrow, or how, what would you it say? May be is The fifty
3: dollar difference? difference. You know, I'd say between fifty and eighty dollars, depending on the um, for every hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. exactly. So it's really but not. It depends on the.
2: I'm sorry. It's really not that big of a deal.
3: $50
2: is like, you know, not a lot of money.
3: Yeah. Less than $2 $2 a day. Perception though. Right.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Interesting. Um, We have uh, one of the, one of the other things that I thought was interesting that we kind of came across today was, you know, a conversation that we have. And I think more people are educated about this, but you do still have a, a a large number of people who think you have to have 20% down to buy. Um, And I found some interesting stats um, that talks about first-time homebuyers, right? The average down payment that a first-time homebuyer is bringing to the table is 7%. Um, Across all homebuyers, it's about 13%. And, uh, you know, at least 20% 20 of people still think that you have to have that 20% down. Um, And, you know, Mike, I know that you are so good at counseling, um, you know, the right loan for the right for the, you know, for the right buyer. And, um, you know, I know that what I really like the advice that you give to people is you don't want to take everything out of your pocket up front if you can. So even though you may have 10%, do you really want to put all 10% down? What happens if you have a major expenditure you need? And, you know, which you you, usually do when you move into a new house, something's bound to happen. Yes, exactly. So um,
3: yeah, I I always say you can always pay us quicker but you can't come back to me and ask for more money you know right. you can but you'll pay all over again the mortgage tax and everything else but it's better to maybe do a five percent down loan and then always you can hyperpay your mortgage you can write a big check to us if you want to get you that 10 percent um that's not a problem but going back in time we can't do so you can't change from 10 percent to five after the loan's closed yeah you know
1: I, I will say the you know the conversation like on you know like devil's advocate flip side uh, is if you if it's a super competitive house, and you do have more than that five percent, um, you can di- differentiate your offer by putting more money down. That's um, very true. And so it is it is true that you don't you don't loans don't require that you put twenty percent down. Um, however, in certain markets, um, that money you're bringing to the table makes a seller. Feel like it's they're able to insulate themselves a little bit against an appraisal issue or something like that. So that and they're more
2: they feel more um, confident that you're going to get your your mortgage because you're not going to give up that money. Yeah, you're not going to change your mind. So
1: it's uh, you know I I counsel my guys case by case. Let's see how competitive the house is, Um, and then you know let's let's find something that you're comfortable with, but yet also um, reads really well. On you know on the offer sheet right part of working with buyers and being a buyer's agent is counseling them on how to get that offer accepted um, which is you know a little different in today's market than it was it say sure is two years ago or three years ago um, anyway we're going to take a quick break and uh, come back in a little bit. This is Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey for over 10 years, I focus my business on Orange, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to the Real Real Estate Show Mondays at 10 a.m.
0: Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first time home buyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansard now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. This is Zach Crupp. If you want to cut through the fake news and political spin, then join me every Tuesday morning right here at 10 a.m. We're talking about big stories, big issues, current events, politics, and a little sports too. So tune in and call in right here every Tuesday at 10 a.m.
1: Hi, this is Mary Ulrich with Cornell Cooperative Extension inviting you to join me and our local farmers on Farm Talk every Wednesday at 12 noon where you can learn all about agriculture in our communities. That's Farm Talk Wednesdays at 12 noon.
0: WTBQ,
3: G-H-T, Weather. Cloudy skies, maybe a peak of the sun this morning, then snow showers, and a mix comes in on and off through the day. That could cause a little icing, especially this morning. Temperatures will get to about 30 this afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy skies, and there could be a few rain and snow showers, also a mix of sleet in there. Into the early night, temperature will head down to mid-20s. Tomorrow, clouds will break in the morning, some sunshine through the day, highs in the mid-30s. Mainly clear tomorrow night, 20 to 25. And on Wednesday, mostly sunny skies, mid-30s. I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center.
0: I'm gonna make this place your home.
1: Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, hosting today with Grace Warren from Howard Hanna-Rand Realty. And we just had Mike Van Mansart with Hudson United um, on the line. Uh, Mike, are you still with us? Nope. <laughs> and, and away he goes. So um, we, w- <laughs> we were going to just continue on. We had started talking a little bit about, um, you know, are we in a bubble, right? Mike kind of commented on it as well. Um, and, you know, the experts are saying, no, we are not in a bubble. And uh, kind of to dig into that a little bit, um, you know, you have a supply and demand, right? And historic- we have no supply. Right. And historically, <laughs> the bubbles are caused by speculation, right? Um, here we have, um, we just have an imbalance in supply and demand that's driving, driving that. Um, and we have, you know, over the past two years, we've had People different motivations for people to move, um, and probably on a more quick you know a more quick timeline uh, than what some people might have thought. You know we ha- we have a cycle, um, especially in this area, where we have young kids that get their jobs, they move into the city, they work in the city for ten years, they meet their significant other, um, decide to get married, have kids, and then slowly work their way out of the city. Um, and that is like a generational shift that comes every you know seven to ten years. And what they're saying is on top of a lot of the um, natural movement that would that we would get we're getting an acceleration of that that shift out of the city which you and I both know is is accurate so you have more people than normal looking for homes at a time when less people than normal are selling
2: yeah nobody wants to leave it's so uncertain they you know it's safe in their in their home their town that they live in and it they they're really having you know just should I do? Should I go? Should I? and and they don't know where they're going to go either. So that's part of the reason why we haven't, you know, we can't get that inventory up. And people just and, and and others are just, like you said, those younger people trying to move in here and they can live here now, right and and work. and we just don't have that inventory. I mean, I, Um, on Friday, I I didn't pull the numbers this morning, but on Friday I did, um, look at what was available in the town of Warwick. It was like 50 out 58 houses,
1: right? That's, I've never seen that in in 22 years. I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, another thing they say that we have are stronger buyers with safer loans, right? We're not again, back to that. We're not doing, you know, crazy loans with, um you know, no doc mortgages to people who could never qualify and are making up their their um their income, right That's kind of what got us into big trouble last yeah. time. So um you know, homebuyers have to be uh, are much more um stringently screened um, and so are the houses to make sure that they're worth what what people are are paying them they've they've changed up a lot of the laws in terms of um even how how appraisals are assigned right the mortgage people who are writing your mortgages when they order an appraisal they don't know who the appraiser is they're they're never informed because they don't want you know relationships to interfere with home values and things like that and that was certainly
2: an issue back in the um in, in the 2000s the early right, the, 2000s the, the that, last big yeah, bubble we had it was it was it was not good Yes. I mean, there were, they were, um, I, I know there were appraisals. They were just appraisers coming in. They were just like, Oh yeah, this is, this is good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. We can do this. It's fine. It's no problem. <laughs> no problem. You know, and they'll just do another appraisal. You know, they'll do 10 of them that day or whatever they were doing. And they just, yeah, they were all good. Yeah. So that's not the case anymore. <laughs> no.
1: Um, although, you know, it's, uh, it's rare that I get a big appraisal issue. I am starting to have a couple smaller ones, you know, a you know, five, eight thousand dollars here or there, and that that has not been the case for a while. So, um,
2: well, because the market was rising so yeah. quickly, and I feel like it's you know,
1: right now it's just sort sort of like leveling out as far as price prices. Do you think that? Um, I think that could be seasonally. I think that until I see what the spring market does, it's hard to really know. It's
2: true. We were hoping to get an early spring market and people put their homes on the market, but that hasn't happened. Yes.
1: So I'm a uh, yeah. I'm I'm doing a couple CMAs now, getting ready for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the action hopefully hopefully big actually
2: people are going to be pulling the trigger
1: that's right um uh, so uh you know some of the things that we're talking about now is the best time to list so why don't we dig into that just a little bit um and i'm going to say that things that we need to know year over year buyer activity is um, up over twelve and a half and a percent then that's they take that uh, you know every time we put in put in a, uh, an appointment, right. There's uh you know, we do it through this calendar program, but it it's hosted by a third party. So, you know, they're counting their stats, how many showings, right. Mm-hmm. So just in the last year, showings themselves are up 12 and a half percent. Um, whereas- which, you
2: know, makes sense considering we weren't showing that many
1: homes i, I in 20 to 2020, right? right. Correct. And then the inventory itself is down, Twenty six point eight percent, and that's a nat- these are national numbers, but mm-hmm. um, you know to have more than you know twenty five percent less homes, with more buyers, you know multiple offers, um, are everywhere, and you know this stat, uh, median days on market eighteen days, New York does their numbers so differently, uh, but I bet if we were to look at number of days on market before an accepted offer. Um, I think that we'd be even a little under eighteen days,
2: oh, yeah, I think so. It's going to be closer to like maybe ten, right? you know, and and that's just um that's because because agents are trying to get as many people into a house as possible before they they talk to their buyer, their sellers about accepting an offer because yeah. you want to get the most people in there so you can get the best possible price for your seller. So you know we're sort right. of like slowing things down. That's true. That's true. You know, I, we have this new thing now called Coming Soon in MLS. This is a newer thing, maybe in the past year. And we had a house, um, I just saw a house come on, coming soon. And my clients are like freaking out. They're like, we need to put an offer in now. We need to do this. But the whole reason that the agent did this is to give as many people the opportunity to get in there and see the house and hopefully get their seller more money. Right. And sometimes it's a little stressful for, I think, buyers, but... I, that's,
1: it is, it, you know, I have, a, I do end up with a couple buyers, and I, I find it comes from uh, more experienced buyers. Um, and I hear this, uh, which is, I don't want to get involved in a bidding war. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I say, you know, listen, I understand, nobody does, right. um, But you know, most homes have multiple offers right now. So, you know, or do you feel so strongly about this that you want to take a break from the market, right? Or do you need to move because I, you know, I'm not saying that you have to buy into the frenzy, but I am gonna tell you that almost every home there's gonna be more than one offer on it. It would be rare to not have multiple offers on a home right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I try to counsel people not to get not to get wrapped up in the drama, right? Think about what that home is worth to you, what you're willing to pay, put that offer in and be done, walk away. Mm-hmm. If you don't get it, you don't get it. If you do, you do. We're gonna craft the strongest offer we can. Um, and sometimes that's gonna work out and sometimes it's not, but you know, to say, to to come into this market and say I'm not going to put an offer in on any home that's going to have a competitive situation uh, You won't situation. be putting in any offers then That's correct. It, and and you you know it, it becomes hard to prioritize that buyer knowing that the, you know the minute you say they have three offers, okay, we'll we're, we're, we'll go to the we're next out. one route. out. <laughs> so, um however, uh, let's talk about five tips for making your best offer on a home. Okay. Um Hold on one sec. One one more. There you go. Um, All right. So we, as you know, if we were just talking about, we have a seller's market. So the first thing is you want to know your budget, right? And this is what I'm talking about, not to buy into the frenzy, right? right? Really understand what you qualify for, but not only that, what's comfortable for you to pay, right? Um, You don't, just because you're qualified for say, you know, $2,500 a month out of, out of your pocket, that might not be a comfortable number with what's left to comfortably live on or what you're used to, right? So really think about on a monthly basis, what can you afford to pay towards your mortgage, right? And that's going to be um, your mortgage, your your taxes, insurance. Uh, and your insurance, right? You want to think about what is that number, right? And then think about what your other expenses are, right? I'm still going to have to pay for my electricity, my heat, my... Right, and then kind of come up with add those numbers in, and make sure that that's a comfortable zone. Like, do you still have enough money to go out once in a while? Right, no one wants to, you know, buy a home and then not be able to afford to have yeah, dinner. I mean, with just, friends a yeah, night or, or just, just go shopping for anything. Correct. Like, buy a pair of sneakers, um, and you want to do all of this upfront, and you want to communicate clearly with your with your agent so that when they're shopping, right, and c- discussing like what is that like monthly cost going to be? Because sometimes the the home but you didn't take it and, you know, take the taxes into account. Maybe this home has particularly low taxes so you can actually go up a little higher. Mm -hmm. Maybe this other home has really high taxes. And so you can't offer as much to stay in your budget. But the second part is when, when you see the home, be ready to move fast. Mm, Yes. Um, Very quickly. Yeah. And that's hard. Sometimes people get very wrapped up in, um, you know, is it the right house? I've only seen two houses. Like how can I know this is the one right. And, um, it is super stressful and you do kind of get wrapped up. And sometimes you see a home that had an offer or two or three that have fallen. And a lot of times it's that that buyer felt so much pressure to put an offer in on a home that they'd been in for 20 minutes, that when they move down the road a little bit more to inspections and they're spending a little more time in that house, right? All of a sudden they're like, you know what, this, this isn't the house for us right Mm -hmm. now. It, you know, I, I totally forgot. It didn't even have a dining room. What was I thinking? (laughs) Um, You know, and and that's that other part about communicating. What are your what, what's important to you mm-hmm. in a home, so that your buyer's agent, while you're like ooing and eyeing, can remember to say to you, "Hey, it doesn't have a pantry." Right. There's no mudroom or right. whatever it Correct. is that you you're told looking me a garage for. was really important to you. Not only is there not a garage, but it, it there's no basement. Where are you going to store your stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, I know when I'm walking around with people, like I'm trying to keep that that list of theirs in my mind mm-hmm. right and I sometimes I feel like I'm like the the negative Nancy of, of the group but I'm like uh, oh I do too so often and they're like they you know I've had I guess people appreciate
2: that later right <laughs> <laughs> they do they don't always appreciate it when you're telling them like this house has a big giant crack in the foundation are you sure you want to do that right. or
1: whatever it is I saw one the other day there was a note that it said there was a foundation wall that was leaning and that previous attempts to fix that have failed may have failed um and but it's being sold as is they've disclosed the foundation I wonder, issue i
2: wonder if that's the house i'm showing later yeah, it was in jersey and oh, so no, i don't think okay. so but it, but you so saying that reminded
1: st- me <laughs> right and i have people who still want to go see the house i'm like what
2: why <laughs> it has you want a to see failing
1: this? foundation let's not do that
2: Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, but keep keep in mind one of the things Christine said too is like people put in these offers and they, they they are they feel like they're they have to put an offer in on a house to get the house. If you're that other person who did put the offer in on a house and didn't get the house, hang in there right. because the first and the second and sometimes the third person change their mind and they don't want to, you know, they're not going to move forward. So hang in there. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Brenda Wiley with Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Looking for a weekend getaway, a year-round retreat, or maybe you're considering selling?
1: I'll help to bring your vision to a reality. Enjoy four seasons of lakefront living on Greenwood Lake. Go fishing, swimming, and boating all summer long. And when fall arrives, go apple picking, hiking, or skiing on Mount Peter. Visit
2: brendabwiley.randrealty.com and let's find the home of your dreams.
3: Pillar to Post Home Inspectors is your number one choice when buying or selling a home in the Hudson Valley. Pillar to Post inspectors are experienced, informative, and very knowledgeable. We will examine the structure, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical systems. Our thorough inspection will identify important factors, which may save buku dollars when making a home purchase. For more information or to schedule your home inspection, call the owner, David Wilner at 845-610-5366. Visit pillartopost.com backslash David Wilner
0: Hi, this is David Dirks, the host of the Dirks Outdoor Show. Call in as we discuss everything for the outdoor sportsman every Saturday at 7 a.m. Radio worth listening to. Hi, this is John Stein, host of the Hootenanny
3: Cafe, inviting you to join me every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here, 93.5 FM or WTBQ.com, for the best in folk music anywhere.
2: welcome back to the real real estate show this is grace warren from howard hannah rand realty along with christine
1: koenig Still Um, snowing out there (laughs) so we were just talking about um putting together a good offer um and you know and not getting too wrapped up in the drama of the current market um so you know, that, the next part of that was make your offer strong but fair, mm-hmm. right? And be a flexible negotiator. And, I, you know, I want to take a minute to talk about the offer. Um, because over the last, you know, two years, the strategy for offers has just changed dramatically. Yeah, it has. Um, and you have to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and as new things kind of, you have to be, I guess, making sure you're working with someone who's writing enough offers to know what's happening right they because it's changed um every couple months something new or a new way to position your buyer or new suggestion um kind of comes up so some of the things i will say um that i suggest are um number one where accepted um don't be afraid to use an escalation clause um and they're not accepted everywhere no so um You know, I I always start by assuming they are and Mm -hmm. then and then working back from there. Um, But I try you know, when I give people advice on their escalation clause. I say things like think about what is that number that if someone else got the house, if you had said to yourself, well, I would have paid that that should be inclusive of your escalation clause. And when you find that number where you say, well, I would never have paid that, you know where you know where to top that that off at. Yeah. Um and it used to be we'd always write them up at $1000 increments but I'm telling people to use bigger increments now um uh, because if you want someone to consider that offer you want it to 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 be be, significant. be a significant number
2: right so agreed I, I agree with that yep. you know, 100% I think a lot of agents are using escalation clauses they and are. that might be why the uh, by this the sellers agents are saying I I, I we're not going to look at these cuz it's just it, it becomes very confusing it's very difficult. It's sort of like, just give me your best right now. Right.
1: And there, and, and there's some, some people, and so, and I will also counsel my people that if there is not another offer on the table, right. If we're the first one in, we will not use the escalation clause, um, because you're just escalating against yourself at that right. point in time. So like, you know, it, it really depends. Like if we're seeing a house on the first day, right. I will reach out to that listing agent and I will try to get a sense like, um, if we put an offer in are you going to negotiate with us right now or hold off for a few days because if they're going to hold off for a few days i don't want to be an offer that's sitting out there just to be the one to to meet if yeah. they're willing to start negotiating with us right away then i'll put the offer in right away mm-hmm. um you know again it's psychology um and then you want to be flexible on things like um a, like i would never waive the appraisal but i would put at, like an appraisal um like a window that says hey look if it doesn't appraise um, you know, I'll absorb the first $10,000 of an appraisal discrepancy, right? Like what looking- What did you
2: feel comfortable doing.
1: Right, correct. What correct, what you feel comfortable doing, but like as an example of what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and depending on the price of the house, that window probably has to be a little bigger or a little smaller. And depending on the type of loan and your financial situation, again, making sure as the buyer's agent, I understand what my, my buyer is capable of putting together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I'll do the same thing with- um with home inspections, right? I'll say, listen, we want to make sure that um, we're looking just at safety issues and major major systems. We can't come up with a, a, a fifteen point fix these little things inspection list right now. A lot of new uh, first time home buyers do that. Correct, and I really try to talk to them up front about that. And then I'll say something like, on a really competitive house, again, put put a waiver in there that says I'll absorb the first twenty five hundred dollars of of um, inspection costs. Right, and then you know you would take it from there. This way, you know I'm not going to come at you with a bunch of small things. Mm -hmm. So you know, again, just anything that can make that offer look flexible um, and fair, um, so that that seller has that confidence picking your offer. Um, So that I think covers covers that. Um, You know, one of the things I also hear from buyers is you know are isn't there going to be some like with all these numbers and how high the houses are aren't there going to be some foreclosures on the market um well,
2: there's always going to be some foreclosures correct. on the market but i don't just like the the loans that people are getting now are <clears throat> are uh, safer loans for banks and whatever. They, there's not, you know, I don't think there's gonna be as many. Those forbearances, a lot of people, you have some statistics on that. Yeah. There, a lot of the people have gotten out of the forbearance period. They've made arrangements with their banks and, yep. you know.
1: So, and I actually thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, um, of the, of the there were 9 million households um, that after the last crash lost their homes, right? that's so many mm mm-hmm. um, and so now we had this uh, forbearance program following the you know following COVID. Um and so the you know the question is how is that going to impact the market and um, you know that's a lot of people were thinking that there'd be a large number of homes that would come onto the market after uh, but that's not really the case right we have um, you know over just about 40% of the people that were in the program left the program paid in full right? With, with no mortgage to restructure. Um, They came up with it. Yeah. They, they they got through it and they're, they're good. Yep. Another 44% negotiated a repayment plan. So
2: whatever that might be.
1: Correct. So now we're at like 85% of the people that went into that program came out either fully up to date or with a plan in place with their bank to catch up. Um, You know, something like less than 1% did a short sale or a, a deed in lieu, which means here's the deed, right? I'm walking away from the house. Um, and that leaves just over fifteen percent that left the program without a plan. so um you know, I think that that represents with the with the un with the with the completely unknown of how this program would play out or what was going to happen with COVID to walk out at the end of that with just over fifteen percent of people without a plan, but really about eighty five percent where it worked out um i think that's that shows a successful program i think um, so and it's going to sh- ultimately show that we're not going to have a huge inventory of um, foreclosed properties coming onto and the and we pro- probably
2: i don't think in our area and that 15% is probably not necessarily around here you know i feel like that might be on the west coast there's a, there's a lot more going on over there than there yeah. is over here
1: um so and you know you and i spoke a lot of you know even of that f- 15% left, the market has gone up. So even if they did need to sell their home, it they wouldn't necessarily just, be a short sale. No. It would, you know, it would, it would, it, they would probably, you know, get out in a okay. not terrible situation. Yeah.
2: Because the, the, the prices, the values have increased so significantly that they're, they're going to be able to, you know, just sell it and, and move on to something different, yep. whatever that might be.
1: So we're going to talk about our last article in our last few minutes here. Um, this goes out to our sellers. Hey, sellers. Um, Where are you? Right. Why waiting to sell your home could cost you a small fortune. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so uh, a lot of people think that they're going to wait for the spring market, right? About 40% of homes nationally sell during the spring, right? It's, you know, everyone knows the spring market is the biggest market. Um, it, it, although this year is expected to be different. Um, and here's a little note about why waiting, you know, for for that late spring market maybe is not the right plan, right? First of all, there are buyers looking right now to purchase, a lot yes. of them. And uh, we have such tight inventory right now. If you're the new house on the block right now, even though as the spring moves on, there will be more and more buyers, you have a big buyer pool ready right now. Um, and you wanna take advantage of that. And, and you you know, um it- even if,
2: if you sell now, it doesn't mean you're going to have to, cl- you, you can wait to close, right? A lot of these uh, buyers are, are good with that. They'll do what they have to do to get into your house. Right, so th-
1: it's going to be better for you to be the first one that sells. Um, and, you know, there are other sellers that um, are going to plan to list earlier. So, you know, you want to get out uh, ahead of the competition. And that's, that's true. Uh, there's going to be some new construction homes that'll start to compete in the spring as well. Um, I've seen a lot of land clearing in the area and um, you know, I know home starts are up. Um, So uh, there's some stuff going on. I believe that's accurate and it's good. It's needed. Uh, Certainly is. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's never going to be a better time to move up that, that move up buyer, right. Or seller who says, you know what, this home doesn't quite fit me anymore. Um, You know, the kids are bigger or um, maybe the kids have left the home and, Right, so you're stepping, you know, up either into a bigger house or a smaller house, but um, you're making that change, um, and so again, you're going to get more for your house now, and you want you want to know what your house is selling for, so you know what you can buy. Plus, to have a home sale contingency in in this kind of a market without having your home under contract makes it almost impossible. Uh, to sell your home i think now too we're sort of at
2: the top i don't know christine like do you think price values are going to go up so i, I mean i feel like they're going to level out a little bit i don't know i mean we don't have crystal balls we but don't. we're sort of at the top i you know, i feel like we're kind of at the top right now so like sell your house now like what are you waiting for for it to go up in more value i mean it's the same thing you're going to
1: buy something
2: that's higher at you know that's higher than you thought
1: yeah So, um, you know, as as always, I'm going to end our show with the note. If you're going to sell, sell now. Uh, If you're going to buy, you know, be patient. You're going to need that um, as we come into the spring market. Get your finances in order. Um, Really kind of think about what's most important to you, not only in terms of features of a home, but like what is your, I guess, window for what's a comfortable payment for you. Mm -hmm. Communicate that clearly with your, uh, buyer's agent. Um, if you're a seller, you know where are you going to uh, make sure you're communicating your needs to your seller's agent at that point in time to make sure that when uh, evaluating offers and things like that, um, you know your agent knows what your priorities are, so that um, they find the right offer for your home, um, and everybody moves forward happily. Perfect. So anyway, It's all perfect. It's all
2: perfect. <laughs> We're at the end of our time for today. That's right. So
1: uh, have a great week, everybody. Yeah, and please
2: be careful out there, guys. It's really, it's snowing now and we have an alert. I just think I got another alert on the Weather Channel it keeps alerting me. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great, safe week, Take everyone. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week.